marketing friends. It's Misty here. I'm so excited to share our last episode of season three with you today. It's been a great season and I'm hearing such great feedback from all of you. I want to thank you for listening and giving me your reviews. Certainly this season was different than last. If you didn't get a chance to check out season one, I'd love you to take the time to listen to some of our brand marketer friends share their stories. This season, on the other hand, we heard from marketers, coaches, leadership gurus, and today I'm bringing you another twist. My friend, Allie Mahaffey from another agency. Allie is co-CEO of fellow Amen agency, Signal Theory. Now, for those that don't know, Amen is Symantle's network of collaborative agencies from around the globe. It stands for Advertising and Marketing Independent Network. Allie and I both grew up inside our respective agencies and got to know one another through this collaboration. We both started in client service and meandered our way to lead our agencies ahead. Today, we both sit as members of the America's Board of Directors and continue to share ideas and collaborate. In fact, next year, Allie will take over as the Amen America's Board President, an esteemed role my predecessor, Susie Ketterer, once held. I asked Allie to come on the show for a few reasons. First, she's just a solid human, the kind of leader that is so uniquely her, you just love being around her. She's warm and welcoming and has a great way of making you laugh. But more importantly, her agency is amazing. They have great clients, a rock-solid culture, and they're always looking toward innovation, something I admire. Finally, as another working mom, Allie and I share many commonalities as it relates to female business owners just trying to get by. Join us for a conversation about all of these things. Here she is, my friend Allie. So I'd love for you just to share with our listeners a little bit about kind of how you came up and kind of how you knew you wanted to own an agency someday. So the way that I started, the agency that I was working for had a part-time job available in sales promotion. So I said, great, I'll take it. So I was going to be working from 8 a.m. to noon in sales promotion. And during that week between college and working, Um, someone else from the media department called me and said, now we've got a part-time job in media and you could do that from one to five. So I said, great, I I would love to learn about media. And then a couple days later, someone else called me and said, we have a part-time job in uh, our research group. And so I said, well, I don't know when I would do that. And they said, you're in luck because it's from 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. And I did that for several months. And really, it was great because I was exposed to so many facets of an agency. I was forming relationships across the agency, which was really good. It was was really fun. That's Uh, awesome. Yeah, it it was great. So I eventually landed in account management where I've spent most of my career. I did cross over to the client side for a few years. And that was really interesting because... I was able to learn how to manage an agency. I had a couple agencies that I was working with, and that was really interesting. It was good to be on the other side of where I had been to see what a good agency partner acts like. And also, I could kind of figure out what I thought a good client would act like. So that was really fun. What Uh, what did you like about being client-side? Because that's one thing I have not done. I think one of the people that was one of the leaders at the company, it was H&R Block, and one of the leaders, Jeff Yabuki, would always say, when we were presenting something, he would say, are you willing to put your salary and your bonus on the line? It's a really close connection to the business because if it doesn't work, you're out of a job. Or you could be, you know, And but I think just thinking about that and really thinking about the 
decisions we were making with that much weight and pressure Mm -hmm. on every decision was really good training for me. I hadn't been that close to the business yet in my career, but that really showed me how every decision matters and really thinking through the impact on the business for all the decisions. So it was great learning. That's such a good lesson because, you know, as an agency, if you lose a client or you you lose a project, sometimes you have the ability to, you know, regain that elsewhere or fill in the gaps. But when you're on client side, it is your job. So have you brought that lesson into your agency? Yes. And, you know, we have been really shifting our focus or shifting more of a focus on measurement and making sure that we are measuring what's important to our client's business, not just is it good work and will people notice it and take action, but how much are they Mm -hmm. taking action and how much are we impacting our client's business? After client side, one thing I know about you is you just kept climbing the ladder at the agency. You kept taking on more there. Tell that story about how you ultimately decided, you know, this is it. This is what I want. So John January and I, who is my co-CEO, we've worked together for 19 years, similar to you and in your partnerships. And I think when you know you've got a good partnership, you want to hang on to it. So probably seven or eight or 10 years ago, John and I had our sights on what is our next step within the agency leadership. And our leaders at that time, they were very receptive to conversations, maybe not as often as we wanted to have them, but they, they really would listen and, you know, ask for how we thought the agency would keep progressing once they retired. And John did a lot of research really globally about what was what was successful, what were new ideas around management of companies. And he kept running into this idea of co-CEOs mm-hmm. and how pairing up with someone with different a different skill set really can make a whole. And as we have and, and our managing partners said, yep, that sounds like a great idea. That's how we moved forward over five years ago. And it's been really great. Tell me a little bit about your agency overall. For anybody who doesn't know about Signal Theory, give us a sense of, you know, sort of what kind of agency you are and what you focus on. We will celebrate 50 years next year. And um, when I joined 19 years ago, we had just opened the Kansas City office. And that office was opened to really diversify the agency. We were founded as an aviation agency. And there was a lot of aviation experience within the agency and within the Wichita, Kansas community, which is where we were founded. But the leaders of the agency at that time knew that they wanted to diversify. Okay. So the Kansas City office was opened and we started to diversify pretty quickly. Over the years, we gained more and more food clients. We were working with Borden Cheese. We were working with Midwest Dairy Association, with different restaurants and different food service providers like Cargill. Mm-hmm. When we were working for Midwest Dairy, we were at a conference, the Creative Awards presentation at this conference, which was NAMA, which is the National Agri-Marketing Association. Okay. We won the Best of Show Award for our creative for Midwest Dairy. And what that did for us 
was really expose us to the whole front end of the food production okay. industry. So really more of the agriculture and animal health side of the food industry. Mm-hmm. And we won a few pieces of business and gained some great experience in food and animal health. And that really helped us build that food value chain. So working with, at that time, Marielle Animal Health and Cargill, now working with Merck Animal Health and still Cargill, and then Sonic at the end of that food production line. And that has just been, we have so much passion for it. Sure. That has been our focus just with the experience that we have. So when JJ and I became co-CEOs five years ago, we decided that we did want to put a stake in the ground. We wanted to be focused more so than we had in the past. We wanted to be really more choosy about the clients that we brought into the agency fold and wanted to focus on specific areas so that we would gain expertise for those clients. Okay. So we went all in and we said, now as a firm, our focus is food and animal health. And I think that's such an important lesson, not just for agencies, but for clients as well, right? Do you talk to clients about the importance of focus and how it helps yeah. them prioritize and yeah, maybe, maybe use your story in that process? Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to stick to what you have experience in and continue to build your employees' expertise around that because that's where we become so much more valuable to our clients. Totally. It, it really, I wonder if you're dealing with this, but it does lead to some interesting conversations of working with competitors. I think that Symantle, like Signal Theory, holds our clients' confidences like, I mean, it's not a question. That's, that's something that we would never alter on. But it is, you know, the more client, the more like minded or within the same industry clients that we have, the more we are going to be able to attract the best talent in the industry to work on these clients and bring that expertise to their business. So it's, it's, I, I think that two clients in the same industry can be seen as a conflict, but three clients in the same industry can be seen as expertise. And it's interesting because the big technology players or systems integrators that we often collaborate with you know, do ver- focus on a vertical. Um, and so we often That's talk right. about how they can bring that expertise to bear because they have so much knowledge across the industry. Right. Good yeah. sense. Yeah. And I think that's probably shifting with new and different CMOs coming into play and the people that we're interacting with. I think probably that mindset is shifting a little bit. Totally. So talk about now that you have this focus and, you know, you talked about food, talk about your rebranding. Talk about this idea of moving from SHS to signal theory and sort of what process you used to get there and how it's helped you guys continue to reinvent yourself. So that was a really exciting and a bit scary of an endeavor that we decided to take on. Um, Again, after we became co-CEOs, we just dug into everything. We wanted to see where we could improve We looked at our relationships with our employees. We looked at our processes. We looked at our relationships with our clients. Um, We looked at our strategic process specifically and started asking how it could be better and more robust. We just hadn't done the work to make sure that 
it was still relevant and that we were getting the types of insight that we needed to out of our strategic process. So let's pause there for a minute because I was perusing your website and I recognized that your process is a little bit different. You know, every agency has a process, gather insights, develop the ideas, but talk about why you wanted to pivot on that and how it aligned to where you wanted to go. We started talking a lot about internal and external biases and how they impact really spending and consumer behavior overall. Okay. And digging just a little deeper, maybe a lot deeper in some cases, allows us to tap into those biases and that more behavioral science behind those consumer decisions. So if you're marketing for a retailer, it may not just be letting consumers know that that retailer has a special on whatever product or service, but it might be that the intended consumer um, has an availability bias, which means that that consumer doesn't even have that retailer in their consideration set. Mm -hmm. So the job of marketing becomes really different than promoting a special, and it becomes about creating awareness. Mm -hmm. So digging into what the consumer is dealing with and what biases might be there has really helped us land on more effective marketing for our clients. That's awesome. So are those biases the whole idea of the signals um, that consumers are giving off? Well, yes. And the signals that brands are giving off and that consumers are giving off. I see. So it's the, it's the signal that a brand is giving that has to be relevant to what the consumer wants to hear. And when those can connect, that's when there's resonance. Got it. So Allie, did you have to build up your research offering and your insights offering to sort of, you know, stake that claim in the market? Yes, we really did. We have hired some really smart people and we have dug into a lot of social and behavioral science that we hadn't before. So we've all read a lot of books. We've had a lot of presentations from our strategy group to educate all of us on what are those biases and how can we overcome those? But really talking to our clients about the existing biases has led to really rich conversations about what we're dealing with beyond here's the target, here's what they look like, here's you know where they are. It's what are they dealing with internally? What are their social biases that need to be overcome to make a really resonant message? That's awesome. So, you know, I love the concept of signal theory. It makes sense to me that that includes, you know, research and insights. And earlier you mentioned measurement um, and so probably the data strategy. Are there other sort of service lines that bubbled up for you guys as you sort of put this new wrapper around the agency? Yeah, definitely the data insights. Okay. Um, that was something that I know you all have really amped that service offering up over the last years and, and or the last couple of years. And have been really successful with that. And we are trying to follow suit there. We know that that is something that without measurable results for our clients, it's just not as important. We have to show that what we're doing is effective. Well, I want to jump back one minute. You talked about how important it is to engage your employees. And so I know many of us here at Samantal have been following your Connected Manager Initiative. So talk a little bit about that and why that's so important. Yeah. To so again, when we 
took a look around the agency to see what needed improvement. We had our first employee engagement survey that we conducted through Gallup. It's a 12-question survey. It really gets to the heart of are employees engaged or are they actively disengaged? So we took, we fielded that survey first in 2015. And when we got the results back, I called John and just started crying. And our our employee engagement was in the 35th percentile as compared to other companies that takes the Gallup survey. So, you know, we just had no idea. And it was that I think probably... The most upsetting part of it is that we didn't have an idea that it was that bad. So we immediately said we have to make people a bigger priority and making connection a bigger priority. You can dig into those 12 questions and really get some insight on where you need to focus to lift employee engagement. So it became a major initiative. Uh, We created an intentional people plan and really made sure that our 360 degree evaluations included training and measured behaviors, not only for employees, but their managers to make sure that their managers were displaying the traits of a connected manager. So in 2018, we kept the survey going. And by 2018, our employee engagement was in the 96th percentile oh with God. All the Gallup surveys. I know, which was That's just amazing. Yes, it was just <laughs> the best feeling. That's um, so great. Yes. It, and it just, it also, revenue was up and turnover was down and it just, it did all the right things. It, it just really re- reinforces a good culture where employees are listened to and heard and managed in a way that they want to be managed Right, uh, really helps everyone. Yeah. I think the fact that you share those numbers and data, I know you shared pretty transparently with others in our network about how this isn't just a, you know, soft, touchy feely idea. It led to actually bottom line results. And so we can all learn from you in that. I guess I would ask, were there one or two levers that you had to pull to move from that, you know, 30% number up to the 90% quartile? Yes. We not only really worked with managers on how to connect and how to be better managers, but we also hired really a life coach for the agency. And her name's Janae Fromm. She's amazing. And she came in and taught us how to communicate with each other in a much better way. We talked about communicating without that conflict, really having courageous conversations with each other. And that really impacts the culture. And if we can all be respectful and have candid conversations and hold each other accountable, it creates an environment where everyone really can be successful. So those have been important. I love that. And I love Janae. She's amazing. And thank you for introducing her to us. But we've gone through something similar. And so when you can have hard conversations and really mine for conflict in the middle of a meeting and still come to bat the next day for one another and for the client, uh, that's what I love about the agency world. And it's, it's different. It is. Yeah.
One of the things I really admire about Signal Theory is your approach to business development. So wanting to better understand a little bit about how you think about business development, how you put teams together, what you, yeah. what you go after, and what you say no to, all those things. So because of the food focus, in 2012, we started a research study and have repeated that every other year. It's called Food Think. Okay. And it uh, really digs into consumers' behavior and opinions about everything food, food production, grocery store shopping, how much you're cooking at home, just every topic you can think of. That, because of the longitudinal nature of the survey, we've got some really great results and, and insights. And so what we've done is used that as our kind of new business hook to demonstrate to new business prospects that we really, not only do we have expertise in the clients that we've served, but also it's important for our agency to continue to be smart about food and behavior around food. So from that research, we publish white papers and blogs and all sorts of just thought leadership from Foodthink. And that's been really great. So, you know, in thinking about new business, you guys have shared such great stories through the years in, you know, taking on new accounts and losing some accounts. I wondered if you could share with us just maybe one or two failures that you've had through your career and sort of what you've learned from those. Yes. So in about 2016, in our planning session, our annual planning for Signal Theory at SHS at the time, we wanted to look into different things that we could offer our clients. So we really were digging into experience design and service design as a new offering. It was really popular in Europe. It had gained popularity quickly in Europe and was starting, we were starting to see it pop up in the US. So we thought that that would be a great new offering for our clients. So we found some talent from SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design, they had recently uh, started a service design major, which was great. We knew we needed someone who knew more about it than we did. Sure. And the advice that we got was, yes, you need a practitioner and you need someone who understands service and experience design, but you also need someone who can sell it. And if that person is the same person all in one, great. If not, you might need two people. So being a, a little bit of expenditure risk intoler intolerant, right? we decided just to bring on one practitioner. Okay. And we also decided to create a new company and not have that live under our main agency, but have a new company. So we named the company Volcanic okay. and we hired a practitioner who was really smart but wasn't probably the best person to sell the new offering. And John and I said, we can do that and we will be the ones responsible for that. And on top of everything else, we didn't do a very good job with it. And <laughs> we did not get out and sell it enough. And while we had the expertise, it became really clear probably after a year or maybe two of trying what we were doing and realizing it wasn't working, we decided to fold it back within 
the agency and have it be an agency offering where we could put some more support behind it and explain it to our current clients first. I think that was the other probably misstep that we took that we thought that we needed new clients to bring this new offering to when in reality, we should have really thought about the relationships and the knowledge of the business of our current clients without trying to go out and get new clients. Yeah, that's such a great story and very timely for us too at Samantha is, you know, we're continually trying to reinvent new solutions, but sometimes just starting with your current client base is a great way to go. Well, before we run out of time, Allie, I want to pivot to kind of some of the ways you and I work together now, which is um, we are both on the America's board for Amen worldwide. We talk about that a lot. So talk a little bit about, you know, what Amen means to you and your agency and how you got involved and maybe the role you play today. Yeah. So our agency has been involved with Amen, I'm going to say for 30 years. Wow. And our founders, Al Higdon and Von Sink, both were involved in Amen. And then that the next generation, the second generation of leadership at Signal Theory was also really involved and Rand Michalecki in particular. So Rand asked me if I wanted to become involved in Amen many years ago. I said, yes, I was really excited. I met amazing people like you and made these connections that I knew would be lifelong. And I love the way that Amen agencies help each other. Mm-hmm. I, I love the way that we can talk about the business in ways where we trust each other, we value each other's opinions, and we make each other better. And I love that about Amen. So when Kevin Flynn and Owen Hanny asked me to take on the VP role and become president in about a year, I said yes. It's going to be a big job. I see now everything that past presidents have done, and I'm so grateful. I think that what presidents and the boards have done for Amen and agencies is probably a little thankless if we right. don't get a, a behind-the-scenes look of how hard everyone is working, in your case, to provide all the agencies shared resources, to provide professional development opportunities. The organization obviously could not work without the leadership that's in place. And I love how we have all kind of taken a turn at bringing a different perspective to what agencies need in the Americas, but also seeing how agencies work globally has been just an incredible learning opportunity. Absolutely. Well, my predecessor, Susie Ketter, got me involved. And um, to your point, being on the board allows you to see sort of like you said, the behind the scenes management of how a global agency network can work. And you are so cut out to take on that leadership role, Allie, because I think it allows you to not only embed this purpose and philosophy of growing people inside your organization, but now do that on such a broader scale. Congratulations to you and all that you've brought the network, how your agency has brought the network. Talk a little bit about the value of Amen for you and your clients in terms of how you've leveraged not only the partnerships and sort of the networking and resources, Mm -hmm. but you know, how do you talk about that with clients who maybe don't right. understand what Amen is? Yeah, I often look to Symantle 
for probably the best example of how to work globally. I think that you all have done an amazing job um, with your clients and reaching out to global resources within Amen. So you've set you've set the bar and such a great example. So thank you for that. I was on a call this morning with our Amen agency partner in Turkey, and it was afternoon for him. He is in a pitch this week and wanted some information quickly. He emailed this morning. We hopped on a call. We're working together to prepare some materials for a presentation that he has. And I love times like that where we feel like, oh my gosh, how amazing is that, that we have this network and we really care about each other. We've gotten to know each other so well that it's not just a an email where it's a faceless email where we don't know that person, but we're really, we're really reaching out as friends and business partners to help each other. And I think that's what makes Amen really special. I've loved the Amen dialogues that we've been having lately and really learning from not just agencies in Americas, which have so much to teach me and our agency, but then also globally. It's it's really been a nice addition to our Amen conversations. Absolutely. All right. So pivoting again, I'm curious, Ellie, another thing you and I've talked about through the years of what it looks like to be a working mom leading an organization, but still trying to be there for the kids. And I know your kids are growing up, moving on to college, which is awesome. Um, I still have little ones at home. For me, the concept of balance has always been a hard one because you're sort of all in to one space or another, um, depending on where your life is most needed. So I talk a lot about being sort of integrated, right? And more so now than ever that we're sitting in the midst of this stay at home COVID-19 order where you've got sort of work and life happening at the same time. I thought maybe I would ask you just a little bit about what that has looked like in your life and what you found to be successful and sort of how you pass that information on to others who may be coming up in your stead. I grew up in a home where my mom worked full time. She took on board assignments. And when I was in high school, she became mayor of my small town. So my mom set the example that I thought, my gosh, (laughs) that is going to be really tough to emulate. And I have done my best to really follow in her footsteps. What it what it really showed me is, yes, she could be super successful in everything that she was doing, but also be the most amazing mom. So yeah. she didn't have to sacrifice being a mom and being a successful businesswoman. And so for me, having that example growing up, I, I just didn't ever question the fact that that's what I should do and that, and that I really, I could do it and I should do it. And that's what I did. And so it, there wasn't a lot of debate in my mind about what I wanted to do. I loved my job always, wherever I was, I wanted to be successful. I was always trying to get to that next step. And that's what, that's what kind of drove me. I think, you know, you are in the thick of it and it's, really with young kids, you're balancing so much. And it's, 
you wonder if you're doing the right things and if you, you know, have the right relationships with your kids and your partner. And I mean, my husband has been so supportive. I, there's no way that I could do any of this with, without him by my side, that partnership is so important and it, it, it flexes and it goes through so many different stages while you're raising your kids. And I think being patient with everyone in your household and hoping that they have patience with you is, is really the key to it. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything exactly right. And if you're raising successful, confident kids, everything is just how it should be, which is really great. Yeah. I've I've noticed, and I have, I've been asking some moms within signal theory that with this time of work from home, there's been talk of the second shift getting easier. So we all put in a lot of time at work. It's a lot of energy and pressure and everything that we're dealing with. And you step inside and likely you're helping with dinner. You're helping with laundry. You're helping with bedtimes and baths and homework and then hopping back on your computer. And it's a lot. So I think the time from working at home has really alleviated some of the stress of that second shift. And I hope, you know, this has been such a weird and different time in all of our lives, but I hope there are some things that stick and that would be one of them to help alleviate some of the pressures of that second shift. I'm curious, you guys are already so progressive in your HR policies for your staff. So maybe share a couple examples of how you've already baked in that flexibility to your culture and how you're thinking about how you're going to continue to push the gas on that on the other side of this whole COVID stay at home situation. Yes. Well, I have been talking about sabbaticals for the last maybe 15 years of my career. And again, Jim Vranikar, our CEO, really made it happen. He figured out all the details. He figured out how we could incorporate those. So after you've been at Signal Theory for eight years, we reward every employee with a sabbatical of four weeks. And you can have your email shut off. We don't like people communicating with the agency during that four weeks. And we will also give a travel stipend if you leave the country. And the idea there is to really give every person at Signal Theory the opportunity to experience a different perspective. And my gosh, after the recent events, a different perspective is something we all need. And so we will continue to push that to really just dig into something different. And that that's so important. So that I'm just so excited that we've done that. Yeah. Well, I always like to end on a few key takeaways, Allie. Um, and so I'm going to blend some of my questions here together with everything you've shared with us today what would you leave with us? What are some of your core beliefs or secrets to success? You know, something you're super proud of in your leadership style. Love just, you know, I always say that, you know, great marketers tend to be great leaders because you got to put big ideas out in the universe and champion them forward. And you certainly have done that. But yeah, tell us a little bit about if we worked for you, kind of like, what are some things we'd know about Allie? So again, with Janae, many years ago, she took all of us through a values exercise. And developing, or I guess not developing, but really understanding your core values 
and making sure that what you're doing in life is aligning with those values has been really important to me. So one of my top five values is family. And that has really impacted my leadership style of not keeping people from their families. What we want to do is have an environment where employees are not afraid or held back from attending every kid event, whether it's choir practice or a you know swim meet or whatever. We want people to live life and not be restricted in thinking that they need to stay at work. And I think that comes from when I grew up at work and maybe some of the leaders who were in place at that time where it was really your success was based on how many hours you spent in the office. And that's just not the case. And I think that that has been so reinforced in this uh, work from home time that you have to be able to trust your employees and your employees have to be able to trust you to lead them in the right direction. And I think that is another leadership philosophy is being open and honest and transparent. If employees don't like what they're hearing, if we've set a vision for the firm and employees don't like it, that's their choice that at least we are showing where we're going, the direction we're going, and hope that as many um, signal theory employees really want to get on board. I love that you shared the values exercise. I not only had the opportunity to have Janae walk us through that at an Amen conference, but I have done it myself with my own life coach who was actually Mm on one of the interviews this season. And so just that sort of mix between Absolutely. You know, family, faith, friends, being able to have space in your life for that, while at the same time recognizing that hard work needs to happen. We need to keep our commitment. You know, we need to have those open, honest conversations. And I just think that's what's so amazing about growing up agency is you kind of get the best of both worlds there, that work hard, play hard idea. Um, Share the same, same values. Yes. Yes. Well, the last question I always like to ask is, what is a question on your mind right now? Um, you know, we continue to interview and go forward and I try to push these questions ahead into it, other interview discussion guides, but you know, with all the trends happening in marketing and there's so much change in our industry, what's something that's weighing on you right now that you'd love to get some advice on? What we've all been thinking about this week is how to broaden our perspective mm-hmm. and broaden our experience and learning. So I would want to know how other agency leaders are doing that. How are you getting new perspectives and how are you making sure that your agency values all perspectives and how to bring people in to listen more and learn more? That's what's on our minds right now. Absolutely. And I should share with our audience that most of the interviews this season were actually recorded, uh, gosh, back March, April, but you um, are being recorded in June. So we are unfortunately dealing with the tragic killing of George Floyd. And so all of us are just struggling right now with what to say. And, you know, for Samantha, we're talking about bringing in you know, a lot of speakers on the topic and doing our own reading and resource lists and just trying to make sure that this dialogue does not go away. But I know for all of us as leaders, and I can even see the emotion on your face, it's been a hard couple of weeks to figure mm-hmm. out what are the right words? Are we saying enough words? Are we saying too many words? That's um, right. So yeah. I'm hopeful that this podcast can be even an, an, a platform for that where we can bring in leaders who have much to share and educate. Absolutely. Us on. Absolutely. Cool. 
I can't thank you enough, Allie. You are an amazing person, amazing leader, amazing marketer. Um, I hope that you and I continue to grow our friendship through Amen over time. I know we will. I know we will too. I know. I admire you and Sinantle so much. So thank you. Absolutely. Good to be a part of this. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, let's keep in touch and we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Fellow Amen Agency leader, Allie Mahaffey. One of the things I admire most about Allie is why she's in the business in the first place. It's clearly for her team. Her initiative we discussed, The Connected Manager, has hugely caught our eye at Samano. I also admire the way she and John January continue to push the agency brand forward and leave their mark on the world. I do hope Samano and Signal Theory continue to collaborate in the future. We have lots in common and even more to learn from one another. Speaking of collaboration, that's what season two has been all about for me. Learning from and networking with other amazing marketers and leaders, doing their work in the world, leading to endless possibilities. That's inspiring. And that's the reason I do this show in the first place. I hope these discussions help you create thoughtful conversations with yourself and others. And I can't wait to push more conversations like this out in the coming months. Check back on marketingsweats.com very soon. We have some big things happening and we can't wait to continue to share with you and grow in our collective conversations on all things CX, marketing, technology, and more. Even those topics that make us sweat. Until then, good luck marketers. And we hope to see you soon. Stay safe and well.